This is to all you freaks out there. Dirty Ugly Wrestling is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. Now that was my really bad impression of Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, the big bad booty daddy who has come back to Impact Wrestling. Um, I was just thinking of how we were going to start this and we're watching Impact, so that is... Welcome back. We're back. That's what you wanted me to say. Thank you, yeah. We're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are joined by our very special guest today, newcomer to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. He's an improvisational comedian. He's a commentator. He's a ring announcer. He's a promo man. He is a stand-up guy. Did you see what I did there, Big Ugly? He's a stand-up guy. Keith B-Craft. Welcome, Keith, to Dirty Ugly Wrestling. Wow. Thanks for having me here. That's the best intro I've ever had. Really? Yeah, I feel good right now. You need me. Stand-up guy. I get it. Did you, did you <laughs> get it? It took me a moment. I get it. A little late, I'm Big sorry. Ugly, yeah. but you got it. I got it. Stand-up guy. Yeah, you should use me as your carnival barker out at some of your uh, things. I could introduce you. I could introduce your troop, and then, boom, we could do the Big Lebowski. Oh, then we got to get back there. Big Lebowski. That is my favorite movie of all times. And uh, you guys did the uh, showing of the Big Lebowski. And then t- 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 talk a little bit about what you do and who you are, Keith Beecraft. Oh, thank you so much. I am a co-founder of the Charm City Comedy Project. So we book about uh, we book two shows every week, Friday and Saturday night, over at Zissimo's Bar in Hamden, Maryland. Hamden, yeah, just like the Hamden, Hamden Hammer. Hamden. Hamden Hammer has been there. <laughs> has he? Uh, yeah, actually, he did a segment on. Uh, I run a arm wrestling federation at Zissimo's the first Saturday of every month. Wow! I like to get my plugs in early. Uh, championship arm wrestling. Uh, current. Uh, so he actually came in and did a segment on there. It was Hammer's Hangout. Wow. And he came out there. Yeah, we had to, I mean, Hamden Hammer and Hamden, it's in his haunt. And he had to be part of it. That's excellent. Yeah. We got to get out there, the Zissimos in Hamden, Maryland. And uh, how can you find it? Can you find that on Facebook? Can you find it on web? Where can you find it? Uh, we are the Charm City Comedy Project.com. That's where we're at in the web. We got, we got the Facebook, we got the Instagram. Uh, still figuring out Snapchat. That's right. I, I'm, I'm a little too Gen X for Snapchat, but I'm trying to figure it out. Wow, how do you feel about this, Big Ugly? You think Dirty Ugly Wrestling could get in on the Charm City? We have to get in there. We got to represent, man. So we, we can need do, to go together. We yeah. can go together. Maybe we could do a little segment. You know, bring Dirty Ugly Wrestling to uh, Charm City. What do you think about that? I love it. That's a great. How idea. about that? Let's we do could it. do some little interviews. How do a little that? Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Big Ugly, what's on your mind today? We got a lot going on. We're gonna get into the intro of the show, but uh, I gave Keith our guest. A little platform. I'm going to give you a little platform. What's on your mind? What are you doing? Uh, what's on my mind is the Maharaja era has begun. The Maharaja. So we got to talk about that, man. Jinder Mahal is the champion. He is the SmackDown um, WWE champion. Yeah, I did not talk favorably about him last time. No, so you didn't. We, we should discuss more. But he won. That. Yeah. At Backlash, he won. Blew he won. my mind. Yes. Blew your yeah. mind. Yeah. And Man. A, apparently, India is now a big market for wrestling. Huge so market for wrestling. I don't know where this came from, but everybody's trying to get in on it. Well, everybody got to get in. You know, the UK's been getting big. You know, it has always been big, but now it's getting a lot of push with the UK championship with WWE in the past year or so. Now, India. So, WWE Network in India, Dubai have this big marketing uh 
you know, thing going on with Triple H and now the Maharaja, Jinder Mahal is the champion. And also we were talking about it offline. Impact Wrestling is going to India and they're going to be doing some shows from there. So India, huge. Is this just a coincidence or is India really big right now, Keith, in 2017? What's going on? Well, you got a billion plus people there. Yeah. So you want to get in. That's a huge market that they want to capitalize on. Uh, looking at uh, WWE in general, it seems like they're just, it's like the Fed, it's like the the old territories mm-hmm. all around the world. It seems like the new territory game, and WWE is looking to do what they did the first time, just consolidate everything. Just not in a, in a country of America, That's but all over the world. Yes. Yeah. How like about that? Yeah, they're just, everyone is a little, a little territorial fed, and, and uh, really just where the, where the, he is right now. It's there's. I don't see a way they can't do this. You know, they they just even the people that say they don't want to be in WWE. That's I don't ever believe that. And whenever <laughs> any indie guy says I'm not interested in WWE, what I hear is they haven't asked me yet. That's, that's who, I mean, who doesn't want to be on the grandest stage of them all? That's right. And that is the grandest stage. And there's a lot of things you can do. NXT, Raw, SmackDown, uh, developmental. You can be behind the scenes. You could be on the camera. There's a lot of things to do. And if you're in the WWE at all, ever, you've made it. You know, and you can still have an indie career eventually, you know, beforehand, afterhand. Once you're in the WWE, that's pretty much what you do. But, you know, uh, it's it's really interesting and Big Ugly and Keith just to see WWE spreading their wings and them doing different things. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. You know, the UK Championship, you know, NXT TakeOver, Backlash, Extreme Rules, Money in the Bank. There's just wrestling every night of the week, everywhere. And then Indie Fed's running on weekends as well. So, and you're a big wrestling fan, Keith, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, have been since I can remember. Since you can remember, back in your day. Yeah, I remember it was uh, Christmas when I was five years old when I got my Hulkamania sweatsuit Uh. and his dumbbells, and I would sit there and listen to the tapes and uh, lift dumbbells when I was like five in my... (laughs) And he said tapes, ladies and gentlemen. Are we talking about cassette tapes? Cassette tapes. No, no, he's talking about the listening to them. Listening tapes. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Before CDs, Big Ugly, they were cassettes. I know you're only 22 years old. Yeah. But <laughs> see how I put you over yeah, there? Thank you, sir. No problem. I'll put you over right there. Uh, so that's great. We got longtime wrestling fans, and you are, and we will put this out there, you are a commentator and have been a ring announcer and promotional guy for EWA Pro Wrestling, which is an indie uh, wrestling federation that we talk about a lot on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. So you have a good time doing that, I'm sure. Oh, I love EWA. We appreciate that, and you helping us run uh, sound and music and lights and things like that, very essential parts of the indie show. Mm-hmm. We had a great show at Faith No More 3 not too long ago, and we've got Midget Mania and more I'm coming pumped. up. Are you pumped about this? Yeah, yeah. On uh, the 7th, and it uh, looks like we have somebody calling into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling uh, podcast on the line, so let's take a call, shall we, guys? Let's take a call. All right, let's take a call, and let's. Uh, we are live here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast, and who do we have calling into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast line? Wait a minute. I know this voice. Hello, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. I know this voice. You know this voice, Big Ugly. I believe he's been on here before. Keith, do you know who this is? I think I might. Oh, boy. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Because uh, if I know who this is, you run in and and interrupt on everybody's matches and, and anything anyway. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? It's the one that everyone's been asking about. It's the one who has been kept keeping his silence, and I'm finally breaking it. Hello, Dirty Wrestling Podcast. It's the 
show, Mr. Jones. The show, Mr. Jones. I thought that was who it was. Did you think that was who it was, Big Ugly? I'm probably pretty sure. And Keith B. Kraft, uh, lead commentator for uh, EWA Pro Wrestling. You know who that was. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, Mr. Jones, welcome. Uh, breaking your silence, as it were. Where you been, man? Been taking care of some business, but I've also been sitting back and watching the changing of the guard at EWA. It's very, very interesting. A little sad, but it's just been very interesting, I should say. Now you say a little sad. Why is that sad, Mr. Jones? Because EWA wanted to break up supremacy so bad that they fired two of, uh, of our members from our group and their company. So EW wanted to break us up. Oh, I, I, sorry to interrupt. Hashtag Pat Anthony and the Prince of Pop style, TJ Sykes. So, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I don't know. Fired is a very strong word, uh, the show, Mr. Jones. Uh, so, yes, they are gone. Uh, the Prince of Pop style, TJ Sykes. Um, the hashtag. Although Supremacy turned on TJ anyway. That That's right. And I, I believe you know that. Uh, Supremacy turned. I would turn- like to address that, actually. Okay. That was made under someone else's decision right there because if you go back, Supremacy was started with me and TJ. The day that Supremacy turned on TJ, I wasn't there. So that decision-making process did not go through me. And that was the first reason why I started being very, very silent. Because I had to sit back and see what was really going on. So you're saying, hypothetically, if you were there, that would have never happened. Who knows what would have happened? Maybe Pat would have gotten kicked out. Maybe I could have gotten kicked out. Or maybe there was a bigger plan to all of this. Do you think that's what it is now? Now let's ask Keith Beecraft. You were up there doing the commentary. You were watching this thing from the, the catbird seat, as it were. The best seat in the house. Mr. Jones was not there at Faith No More 3, but you've seen the implosion and the basically the destruction of supremacy from the inside. What do you feel, aside Mr. Jones right now, what do you feel about supremacy? Uh, supremacy, they just took care of themselves. It was just weird how they imploded. It seemed like there was nothing EWA could do to, to stop supremacy from doing whatever they wanted in the Fed. So it was really surprising to me to find out the biggest problem for supremacy was supremacy. Uh, I mean, we did every. We brought in CZW to try to take them out, and uh, the, I mean, supremacy still kept on moving and moving. So yeah, I was really blown away to see that just sort of those those clashes of personalities. Seeing hash, hashtag Pat Anthony kind of let his ego get in the way mm-hmm. and just made everything implode. So yeah, and and it's true, Mr. Mr. Show wasn't there. That's and, right. And so it does make me wonder what would have happened because Mr. Show was really the birth of supremacy. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember which show that was where he came in and really. Got the whole ball rolling. The, the, the day of the super kick heard around the world. Then. That's right. And that was that in 2016 that the super kick heard around the world and the day that Mr. Jones did a run in on every single match pretty much on the card. Uh, what do you say to that so far, Mr. Jones? So why don't you look at it, at it this way? TJ, he lost the championship. Pat had the championship. TJ talked to me and said, hey, we need to take a, I need to take a break from EWA. It's got to step back for a second. So maybe that whole quote-unquote implosion was part of a bigger plan. 
Did you ever think about that? That's the second you time think, you've mentioned you that. Think, you think you may know everything that we're doing, but I know me, I'm always one step ahead. So just keep that in mind. That's the second time he's mentioned this bigger plan, guys. Big Ugly, do you see a bigger plan here, or do you just see uh, Mr. Jones trying to sweep up under the rug or, you know, not cry over spilt milk? What do you think about this? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. I mean, what is this bigger plan? Yeah, what? what, what is What is it? Just tell us. Uh, why would I give away a bigger plan? Why would you just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride? Like, come on. What plan could there be? Uh, your leader is gone. Uh, I, I think supremacy is in shambles. I think that's what it is. I, I think we addressed this before that there was no leader in supremacy. <laughs> I think we addressed this on a previous podcast. And second, so you say, quote, unquote, the leader is gone. But maybe, quote, unquote, the leader has gone on to bigger and better things. And I'll say this. The family may not be together at EWA. That doesn't mean we're still not a family. I mean, you saw them sitting in the front row, right? Yes, right? We, we, we absolutely did. There was a lot of them in the front row. And then a lot of people that were not necessarily supremacy uh, also sitting there in the front row. Yeah, hard to miss them. Yeah, very hard <laughs> to miss them. But again, you were not there. So you were taking care of your own business. You were doing your own thing. So what, where do you stand? Bigger plan aside, what, what's next for the show, Mr. Jones? Where are we going to see you? Are you going to stick with EWA and stay there and continue to do what you were trying to do? Get the Cruiserweight Championship, maybe even fight for the Tag Team Championship. The Dark Horses are still there. Are you going to keep running with them? What's going on? Now, I didn't come to EWA just to be someone's lackey, just part of some group guy. Myself, personally, I came to EWA to prove some people wrong. And I'll admit it, I haven't done it fully. So there's plenty of, of gas left in the tank for Mr. Jones at EWA. Berg, Wes, Jason Drake, I'm coming for one of your championships. And you guys can't do anything about it. So, EWA has not seen the last of Mr. Jones. I will tell you that right now. EWA is still, uh, you know, still hanging on, still going strong. It was actually, Big Ugly, you put on there, you know, is EWA in trouble? That was uh, part of the uh, promotional piece of our last podcast. I I enjoyed that, actually. (laughs) Is EWA in trouble? I don't think so. And even, Keith, you'll attest to this. There's a lot of guys that now have an opportunity to step up to the plate, to, to step up to the table, to be at the main table, to make an impact where they may not have had an opportunity before because of the changing of this guard. Is Mr. Jones one of these people it's definitely a good time to step up right now i i look at our new ewa champion john berg like he's already a tag team champion didn't see it coming like at a wins the match wins the battle royal boom he's the champion so yeah right now is a great time to make moves in ewa absolutely he has never been he's been in the company nearly 10 years never been the ewa heavyweight champion but that's what happened anything is possible uh the show mr jones um you say you've got your eye on one of them, one of their titles. Uh, our next show is, and we were talking about this right before you called in, July 7th. It's a Friday at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Uh, Midget Mania and more. So Midget Professional 
Wrestling, which has been big for years and years and years, is going to be there. But also, we do have a heavyweight championship match. We do have John Berg defending his newly won championship against the weight of the world, Corey Bush. A little bit controversial, but we've got that. Do you see yourself involving yourself in that equation? And you know how much I love to just interfere in random matches, but I'm a I'm a slow down to say I'm actually a fan of Corey Bush. That that guy, he helped me actually when I was training back in the day. So I would love for him to beat the crap out of Berg and win the championship, and I would love to be the next one to face him. So I'm not I'm not gonna do anything to to, to uh, affect Corey Bush winning the EWA Heavyweight Championship. I can tell you that personally, and I, I promise you that's, that's actually the truth right there. He's telling the truth, Big Ugly. You believe him? Uh, I, I do believe him, but I'm just not understanding why in the world would you want to face Corey Bush? I've faced Corey Bush before. I know what he can do. He knows what I can do. I know how to take a big man down to my size. That's my style. Beat him down and keep him down. You're not afraid of getting your hands dirty, that's for sure. Now, I want to go back a little bit. Now, you have fought for the EWA Cruiserweight Championship. I believe you've been in contention for the Maryland Championship. You haven't walked away with any gold yet. Um, But... Being a part of supremacy, supremacy being on the upswing and having all the power that it took on its own, there was a lot of things for you to get involved there with, but you haven't come back with a championship. Now that supremacy is spreading out, doing their own thing, even though they're not in completely in EWA, they're still a family, do you see yourself having a better walk or run to that those t- championships, the Maryland title, the Cruiserweight title, even the tag titles perhaps? That's why I got those shots at the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, just because supremacy is broken up does not mean that my focus is not on these championships because one of these championships are going to be around my waist. Berg, West's Cruiserweight title, or even the EWA Maryland Championship. Because Because supremacy is gone now, the focus is on me and the Dark Horses. Dark Horses are going to do their thing and get them tag titles back. And I just haven't decided which championship I really want to go after. Because once I ch- decide, whoever that champion is, they're screwed. And I hope it's not Jason Drake, because I'm still pissed off at him that he got that win in the steel cage match. <laughs> 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 we know how we kidnapped the cat before. I would just tell Jason Drake to make sure he uh, keeps his eyes and ears on his girlfriend. Whoa. <laughs> Did you just threaten Miss Rizzo? Now, now he brought up a good point, and Keith, you'll attest to this too. So, Mr. Jones was undefeated until the birth of supremacy. Then, Mr. Jones went on a little bit of a losing streak on his own because he kept getting championship opportunities and losing. So now that supremacy is a little bit disbanded, does he have a better opportunity to get those titles, Keith? I think so. If you're not worried about breaking up every match and running in all the time, you can concentrate on your own stuff. I feel like... What's the fun in that, though? 
it's fun. Come on. Well, do you want to have fun or do you want to win titles? I mean, it's, it's a mix of both. <laughs> but the the issue is, is do you find that you have a problem executing in the big matches? You guys just don't know the, the history of Mr. Jones. You should go back and check that I've won multiple titles in different places. Different places. I know it's not EWA, but I can get the job done. I just have to put a little bit more focus because, you know, like I said in the last podcast, I like I, I sometimes get ahead of myself. And, you know, now I've learned, I've seen it firsthand. I saw what happened when Supremacy was running wild. And just letting you know, I did not go on a bit of a losing streak. I actually had a couple of wins. And I wouldn't say losing a couple of ladder matches is as part of a losing streak. But, you know, just, just throw it out the packs real quick. No, I'm, I'm all about the facts. Yeah, you, you there's uh, definitely some ladder matches, and I'm going to give you credit. When you're in the ring, you put on a good show. The, the, he is a, a very good professional wrestler. He's the show. He is the show, um, and this is what he does. I enjoy watching the matches where the show, Mr. Jones, but I would enjoy seeing you fighting up from underneath, fighting for a championship and winning on your own merits and not depending on the dark horses or not interfering where you don't belong. I would like to see you and I think I've said this before a couple of times I would like to see you do your thing for yourself and continue to be a part of EWA and make you know win that cruiserweight title win the Maryland title heck you know win the heavyweight title win them all you know I don't know can you carry around 30 40 pounds of gold easily <laughs> I've been a double champion before. It's not hard. It's actually more fun to carry around the gold because you get all the looks from the ladies. Oh, okay. That's the ladies. Okay, I understand this. So, okay. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about supremacy for a minute. So, you mentioned it. There were a lot of people in the front row at Faith No More 3, and that threw everybody off their game. You know, they're in the front row. They're behind the guardrails. They're not in the ring. They're not doing their thing. And when just months ahead of time, they were in the ring fighting for championships, fighting for matches, um, this was really strange. Big Ugly, you were not there. No, but I heard about it, and I mean... You heard about it. Yeah. You you heard, you know, there were people saw in the, the front row. Saw the pictures. You know, we talked about it. Keith, you were there. Yeah, I was there. And you saw the, these guys actually even come in the front door, all of them, together. And they yeah. went and took their seats in the front row. Got the front row tickets. I mean, th- th- you just can't miss that. Yeah, three former EWA heavyweight champions right there in the front row. And uh, making all kinds of ruckus. Absolutely. They were loud all night long. Mr. Jones, you weren't there. Does that mean that you are still laying low until you can get this grand master plan together? Or are you doing uh, other things now other than EWA Pro Wrestling? Are you out there grabbing other titles, making other moves? I have some things in the works. Unfortunately, I actually had car issues for this last show. That was... Car I, issues? I had no control over that one. But I would have been there with the horses, and we would have... I will tell you this, if, if I had been at that last show, one of us, either Grizzly, Tomahawk, or myself, would have walked out the heavyweight champion. One of I them almost to- did. It was one of the dark horses that was the last competitor in the ring with John Berg, and John Berg won. Exactly. But, see, not to, not to throw any shade on my, my brothers, I have the, I'm, like, I'm like the best in shape. I'm, I'm pretty, I can go. I can go for as long as I really need to go. And these, those guys, they're bigger guys. They, they're, my, they're my muscle right there. So if I had been there, if I was the last man, John 
have, I would have out wrestled John Berg just letting you know. Just come on, you see me in the ring. So you see them. You just, so good. you just described the Dark Horses as your muscle. So does this make you now the uh, de facto leader of what is left of supremacy? Again, there is no leader to supremacy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just on. going off of what you said. You just described them as not being able to go for as long as yourself and that they are your muscle. Typically, those are you know terms thrown around by a boss. No. The Dark Horses are my boys. Those are my muscles. You see, I'm, I'm not that big. I need, I need to have some people that have my back. Come on. If you had some friends that were bigger than you and they had your back no matter what, come on. You'd have to have your back, too. Well, he is come the on. big ugly. I mean, he'd have to have the bigger I, I, ugly. I typically am the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get this uh, no leader thing, because I remember at the, the practice session at the Pain Factory, um, one of the Dark Horses got counted out. So the leader, TJ Sykes, could win the match. That's right. And that, that's really that, that's establishing a dominance. I mean, that's obviously a leader. I mean, it's easy to say there's none, but but. And that was when TJ was trying to take the power back over after hashtag Pan Anthony had won the heavyweight championship. So he was, you know, dealing his cards of power. So I, I, you continue to say there's no leader. I agree with you, Keith. Somebody's got to be in charge. Now, what what is left in EWA with Mr. Jones and the Dark Horses, at least that's the contingent for now, would you say that you're running the show? I'm always running the show because I am the show. Come on. That's why that's in in the name. Come on. You should have gotten that one already. I just wanted to hear uh, it from you. I've, I've actually sat down with the horses and we've discussed some things and we've decided that if they're going to push out and have our other members of the family just go on and do bigger and better things, then we'll just take over EWA, just the three of us. It's gonna be very easy. I mean, no one can out-wrestle me in EWA, and I'm telling you, I can. you can play this to the locker room, no one can out-wrestle me in EWA. The horses, the only time they lose is when they get screwed over. So, <laughs> honestly, who else, who is going to stop us three? Supremacy is not dead. The family's still alive. And, and the Dark Horses and I go way back. A little bit further back than uh, TJ and I. So that's just a fun fact, too. That's interesting to, to know. You know, and we, there was a lot of personal and professional ties from a lot of these guys, you know, going way back before EWA Pro Wrestling. Um, you liked, I know you're entertained by the show, Mr. Jones, as far as in-ring competition, wouldn't you yeah. say Big Ugly? No, yeah, I mean, his in-ring performance is one of the best in EWA. He just said that he couldn't be out-wrestled. First person that came to my mind was legendary Super Cruiserweight Wes Mercer. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about him, Mr. Jones? Wes Mercer, he, he gained my respect in that last man standing match. He basically almost broke my ribs in that match. That was a fantastic and match. I got Anyone who's yeah. willing to go that far just to keep the championship, I, I got to give him respect. And and a couple other ones that he had over me, they weren't, they weren't definitive victories. There was like, I missed something or I made a mistake. I was talking too much and boom, he rolled me up one, two, three. That happened about twice. Like I said, <laughs> I get ahead of myself. Too busy having fun. From it, I had a chance. Right. Again. Would you uh, take the opportunity if it was presented to you to face Wes Mercer once again for the EWA Cruiserweight Championship? In a heartbeat. We have unfinished business. That 
up, I couldn't breathe. I like your, my ribs are broken. I mean, what, what do you expect? You know what I'd like to see? I would like to see a no disqualification match, no count out, no disqualification, pinfall or submission only in the ring with Wes Mercer defending the Cruiserweight Championship against the show Mr. Jones. No, you know, I'll even throw you one right there. I'll have the dark horses that even be at ringside. Now I'm see, so confident. That, that's Okay, so that's why I said the no disqualification Because that's why I figured the Dark Horses would get involved anyway But Wes Mercer's been such a loner That he doesn't have EWA country He doesn't have supremacy He's just him And he's been doing it And that's how he's been able to keep that championship for so long He has no distractions It's just him doing his own thing You know, he won his match at Faith No More 3 And he was in the championship battle royal So he was one step away from once again becoming The EWA heavyweight champion as well So, there's a lot of fun stuff Going on EWA Pro Wrestling But just, right, you know, last year You know, we kicked Racy Hawkins in the face That's what TJ did, that's what Supremacy did That was a shopping, shopping Shocking moment, I'm sorry That was shocking Um, And you were part of that, Mr. Jones Yeah Great memories, huh? So, and and then you're talking about kidnapping the white woman, you know, or talking about, you know, she better hey, watch hey, her. Back. You threw the race out there. I did not say anything about any race. Well, yeah, that's right. We had Desert Storm on here, but Desert Storm was sitting in the, in the front row with all of those uh, past EWA alumni. So, you know what? The, the, nothing is out of uh, possibility, the realm of possibility here. Uh, anything is possible. And we do have. You know, the midgets coming in. We do have the half-pint brawlers coming in on, uh, you know, July 7th. I don't know if you want to mess with them because all of them together probably could outfight the show Mr. Jones. What do you think about that? Uh, you're a funny, funny guy. I try, man. <laughs> and, and I'm not even a comedian. Keith Beecraft is a comedian. Charm City, check him out. But uh, <laughs> go ahead. Why, why is that funny? Like I said, no one can out-wrestle me. Like... This whole next show for EWA is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I have not gotten any responses back if I if I'm uh, if I'm booked for this show yet. So uh, we only time will tell if I will be there or not. But I already I spoke with the upper management of EWA. I told them I'm not done. I told them that I'm coming for some championship gold, and that's going to happen. I promise you. Now let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I, I believe your return is probably inevitable. Um, you, you talked about you uh, not being able to be out wrestled, um, and you did mention some mistakes that have occurred in your previous matches with Wes Mercer. So, what can we expect to see different this time with Mr. Jones? That's going to get you to those championships that you covet now. A stronger focus. I have. I had a few things happen in the personal life that you, y'all don't need to know about, but uh, it's made my focus much much better and I see I see the end game and the end game is me wearing a lot of gold around my waist at EWA and it's going to be sooner rather than later here's something that I want to just touch back upon you said you had car problems and that's why you couldn't get to faith no more three could you have been sabotaged by someone or Anyone, maybe even the dark horses who wanted to basically make sure that they came and uh, did what they did for themselves rather than for the family. Uh, could it have been the dark horses? Could it have been somebody from your past? Could it have been? I think you're on to something there. You the think dark, so? Yeah, the dark horses sabotage his car so that they could get all the shine. Always trying to stir the damn pot again. 
stop stirring. Stop. Stop. How about, how about we just not do that? And I, I mean, I hate to be that guy to just, you know, throw a wrench in that, but, you know, first, I just kind of moved, so no one kind of knows where I live right now. Like, even, like, the horses, Supremacy, like, they don't know where I live yet because I haven't brought them over to the new crib yet. So no one knows where I live. That's the funny thing about it. If someone wanted to sabotage me, there, there are other wrestlers that I know that live in the area. Maybe someone contacted me, but I highly doubt they know where I'm at. I'm in a nice little spot that no one knows where I'm at. But sabotage from my own family, stop staring the pot, please. Just stop. <laughs> Uh, anything's possible. What do you think, Keith? Who, what happened to his car? He should have thrown a wrench into his car. Yeah, something and, happened, really, because if it happened right before the show, it, it seems fishy. That's right, because as far as I knew, and as far as you knew, Keith, Mr. Jones, the show, was supposed to be at the show, Faith No More 3, but he wasn't there. And let's not forget that his family did beat down TJ Sykes. That's right. So, they're mm-hmm. not above turning on their family. And family couldn't give him a ride to the show either. That's right. Well, you know, just because if you don't know that, you know, I'm I'm from Virginia. You know, the rest of the family's from Maryland, so you know, it's a little, a little difficult to come get me from Virginia. Well, you might not be in Virginia now. You might have moved away from Virginia. You might have moved closer to Maryland. No, you could. I'm always I'm always home in Virginia. Virginia will be my home, home sweet home. I don't, I don't know if I want to go out to Maryland. Yeah, y'all, y'all are special out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's FYI. We are special. And we're dirty and we're ugly. In a good way. You know, we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're from Maryland. That, that, that's, the, that's the truth. Well, uh, Mr. Jones... Uh, it has been a pleasure for you uh, to run in. I'm sure you'll say it's it's our pleasure, you know, to speak to you uh, to run in on this podcast here. Why don't you tell everybody? Uh, you know, you won't tell us where you live, but uh, how we can follow you on uh, Facebook or Instagram, and let's uh, find out what's going on next for Mr. Jones. Because we're yeah, I, I got I got some things in the works. You can follow me at Heel Show Jones on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram, and you get all the updates right there. Heel Show Jones. That, 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 heel, that's uh, jargon for bad man. He's a bad guy. He interferes with yeah, every like man. I, kinda, I, I kinda stole it from Ziggler. You know, Ziggler is just one of my favorites, so I had to steal something from him. No. So, so you've been moving. Have you been watching the product as far as WWE, Impact, Lucha, Ring of Honor? Have you been following the pro wrestling I'm world? I'm always following everything. I mean, TNA, oh, I should say TNA has been deleted. <laughs> I have always wanted to do that. And it's now Impact Wrestling or whatever it's called, but they're still doing the thing. Um, I know there are some big things in the works for people in this business. I can't wait to see it. Like, yeah, I have friends in this business. I can't wait to see things. It's going to be so nice. Yeah, it's always, there's always something happening. We were talking about that. There's always pro wrestling on 24-7 with the networks, and there's always something going on. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, uh, Just mention NXT. Lucha. Did y'all see that UK championship match at TakeOver Chicago? I'm just saying. That, hmm. So, yeah. 
match. You need to go back and watch that match. Yeah, let's talk about that for just a minute. I know we'll get into the next segment of the podcast shortly, but uh, let's talk about that UK Championship match that was on NXT NXT Takeover Chicago. It was Tyler Bate who just turned nineteen or twenty years old, I believe. Uh, just twenty. Where are your facts, man? Look, man. I know he was young. That's all I know. He was a young man. He still is a young man, and he's got more of a mustache than I can ever grow. All right? So Tyler Bate, who won the U.K. Championship Tournament, won the first ever U.K. Championship in WWE, and he faced Pete Dunne. And this guy, both of these guys together work magic. Did you see this match, Keith? I did not see that match. You didn't see it, Big Ugly. I did not. You're so far behind on TakeOver. But uh, yeah, NXT in general, yes. I saw it, though. And I, I know exactly what the show Mr. Jones is talking about. That match was incredible. Uh, there were so many little moments in the be- in the beginning and in the middle that just kind of told the story and made that match what it was. And you never know who was going to win or how or why. And, you know, Pete Dunne actually won the championship afterward. It was fantastic. Tell, tell us about that match, the, the, the beginning, the middle, the end, the finish, anything you want to talk about, Mr. Jones. Why don't you go ahead? The story of that match was just amazing. Pete Dunne wanted, was willing to do anything to get that championship away from Bate. And when I say anything, he pulled out some things that I hadn't seen in a long time. Because, you know, for, for those who don't know, I, I follow as much wrestling as I can, you know. All that stuff that you could, well, maybe not watch anymore on YouTube, but you can still <laughs> kind of watch it on YouTube. And I find random websites where I'm finding all these UK wrestlers and I'm finding some new tricks that I'm going to start implementing and just letting you know. But <laughs> yeah, the Bruiserweight is, as soon as I saw him, I was doing my research. He reminds me of a younger William Regal. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, that gives me the sh- chill to saying that because William Regal is, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I can tell you that. Yeah. But I see big things in Pete Dunne's future. I hope that he gets to NXT full-time. I know he's pushing that UK stuff, but I would love to see him on my TV every week. I would tell you that because he is. I'm going to steal some of his stuff, too. I don't care. (laughs) I I don't care. I'm going to. Well, you know, being the best version of yourself, especially in the pro wrestling business, it's very hard to come up with something completely new and innovative because it's been around for so long you basically take bits and pieces of what you see and what you hear around the business and you make it your own uh, that's a, you know the frog splash I mean how many how many people have ever done a frog splash or a splash off the top rope a splash off the top of the cage but I will say that the show Mr. Jones makes it his own you know when it's he's so pretty you, what's that? It's so pretty. It, it is pretty, you know, and, and when it lands and when it hits, you have a good opportunity to win your match. Um, sometimes no you, one is kicked out of it, just FYI. I hope you know that. Well, I was about to say, you know, if you've hit it, that has ended the match. That is absolutely true. And we talked about this on previous podcasts, Big Ugly. Finishers in this business need to be protected a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, if you have a move that you are so pretty and so good at, and it is your move, and if you hit it, this should be the end of the match. This should be the end of the world. It's over. You know what I mean? When Corey Bush hits the weight of the world, the splash, whether he's taken his singlet off or not, I prefer not, but... If he hits that, you know it's over. If Mr. Jones hits the frog splash from anywhere, he can hit you with that. It's over. I believe this. So if he hits the frog splash on Wes Mercer in a no disqualification match at 
at Midget Mania or more on July 7th at Parkville, Maryland. Could he be the next EWA Cruiserweight Champion, Keith Beecraft? Oh, totally. You hit that frog splash, it's over. How about the big ugly? Absolutely. Just said no one kicks out of it. But he's got to hit it, though. He's got to hit it. it. Yeah, that's the first thing. Got to have West down long enough to get somewhere to hit it, whether he's laying on his back or laying on his front. It don't matter. He's got to be down long enough for Mr. Jones to ascend to a top rope or something somewhere. Can you do that, Mr. Jones? I'll let you in a little secret. So, you know, been training, you know, and um, my buddy TJ, he has uh, gifted me a certain move that uh, Mikey D has definitely felt a couple of times. All right, all right. Well, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. No, no, I, I, no way. I don't, I don't see it. Did, did you just threaten me? Uh, to I didn't super? Threaten you. I just said that TJ gifted me a move that you have felt a couple of times. TJ so felt it too in the cage. TJ felt it too. Mm-hmm. We're so, not talking about TJ. We're talking about me right now. So okay? are you? I'm all right. You that he gifted me a move that I would definitely be using, and it would definitely keep West Mercer down. Big Ugly, you know what movie's talking about. So, you're going to super kick Wes Mercer in the face. Yeah, I like to kick people in the face if you didn't notice that by now. We've seen you kick people, but we haven't seen the quote-unquote super kick because that is something that uh, at least Supremacy kept very, very special for TJ. TJ was the one who delivered the super kick, but now TJ is uh, out of EWA Pro Wrestling, but he's definitely not out of the wrestling world. Uh, but are you saying that's going to be added to your repertoire? It already has. Oh, boy. So uh, we've, we've got a lot to uh, see. The show must go on, as they say. The show Mr. The show Jones. will go on. Right. And uh, the show Mr. Jones. So, uh, Keith, anything parting for the show Mr. Jones? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you at uh, Midget Mania on July 7th. And, uh, yeah, I... I I'd love to see how that kick works out for you, and it would be great to see in another match with Wes Mercer. Last time was really fantastic. I'd, I'd love to see it. Big ugly. Yeah, just as Keith said, I'm looking forward to seeing you back. Uh, I want to see this master plan that you've demised to get these championships that you want. In due time, sir. In due time. And Mr. Jones, do you have any parting words for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast here today? And we're going to leave it at that. Thank you so much, the show, Mr. Jones. And we're going to take a short break here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we will be right back, and we're going to talk more professional wrestling with Keith B. Craft, the Big Ugly, and myself. Don't go anywhere. This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D., the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWA Maryland. Welcome back to the most musty podcast and dude, I was trying to do the myth. Yeah, I screwed it up. That. I botched it. That was in. That's for botch me. I'm sorry. We're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the big ugly. And we are sitting here with Keith Beecraft. Keith Beecraft in the house. So guys, we had a unexpected visitor in the first segment. The show Mr. Jones, who is apparently still very much with EWA Pro Wrestling. How do you feel about it, Big Ugly? 
Um, you know what? I'm actually excited to see Mr. Jones back. You know, uh, we both have talked a lot of trash about supremacy and everything, <laughs> but but um, you know, I, I am excited to see him, uh, see him come back. He's talking about this master plan, which I mean, I don't know, I don't know what it is. We'll see what it is, but. I'm excited to see what we can do. I'm excited to see. You know, you never know who's going to end up in the crowd, who's going to end up on social media. You never know. Keith Beecraft, how are you feeling? Uh, the master plan thing, it just sounds like something somebody says and they have no idea what's going on. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, don't worry, I have this huge master plan. It reminds me of a uh, previous election yeah. we just had. <laughs> yeah, I got these plans. I'll, I'll show them to yeah. you. Uh, yeah, but I'm excited to see Mr. Jones back, uh, the show. It, it's uh, It kind of reminds me of Wasabi Peas. You know, he does his run-in. The first few I don't like. But then after that, I kind of get a taste for them. And then okay. I want more wasabi peas. You know, the first couple you just kind of deal with. Right. But then after a while, I get into it. And that's the way I kind of feel about the show. At first, it was because, like, that one show where you just you ran in on every match and it just became just like, oh, pulling my hair out. But then it's gone. You're kind of like, ah, I, I missed that. I think it was Faith bit. No More too. It was in 2016. And that was when the super kick heard around the world happened. Mm-hmm. The most shocking moment of 2016. Uh, of, of EWA history ever. Yes. I don't remember any more shocking moments now. Well, let's talk about these wasabi peas for a minute. Yeah. Now, Big Ugly, have you ever had wasabi peas? I have not. I've never even heard of them. Can you explain this to us, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling? What's a wasabi pea? It's a dried spicy pea. So wasabi, you get the, you know wasabi if you're getting sushi. Sure, sure. Uh, you get the wasabi there. Don't want to eat that by itself. You don't? No, it's it'll hot. Really, it'll, yeah. It'll get your eyes all water and your nose will get runny. Hot. Really hot. Okay. And then uh, and then they, they combine that with a dried pea, and it's kind of a little snack treat, a little crunchy snack. So we've talked about burger cookies, B-E-R-G-E-R. We've talked about Frosties. We put Frosties over. Put Wendy's mm-hmm. over pretty we, big. We man. did put Wendy's over. Now we're going to put over wasabi, wasabi peas. peas. Uh, is there a specific place you should go to get these? Do you want to put anybody over or just find wasabi peas in general? You're going to want to go to Trader Joe's to get the good stuff. Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're they're good. Uh, talk about Trader Joe's. What do they do? They sell all kinds of different stuff at Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, they do their own thing. I, it's... They have their own brands, and that's how they keep their prices low. Mm-hmm. And they have all kinds of weird stuff. You can't go there. If you want some Lucky Charms, you can't go to Trader Joe's. They don't have it. We're not putting over Lucky Charms on this podcast. No. Ooh. Wow, that's a hard, hard stance. <laughs> but I'm just I saying we're not because if you can't go to Trader Joe's and get them, we'll put over Trader Joe's. That's a big place to get mm-hmm. a lot of things. Lucky Charms, you know what? I got no problem with Lucky Charms or, or that, uh, you know, what is that? The, uh, the Leprechaun? You know, mm-hmm. Lucky, Lucky, Lucky the Leprechaun. Lucky the huh? Leprechaun. Oh, right. Uh, I, I watched the Leprechaun movies. You, you seen him? Yeah, he some wants to go. I, I, uh, I've seen some of a passing through going uh, on TNT or TBS. I've never actually sat down with one. It just seems so silly. They, they are quite silly. You, you remember when Jennifer other? Aniston was in, like, was the original one? It was so. either one or two. One or two. She was, like, so young. Yeah. You remember Leprechaun 2 back in the hood? Is it? Yes. <laughs> That's the one with the... Wasn't it a rapper in there? Was it Ice-T? What, one of them had, like... It was ice. a rapper in it? It had to have been that ice one. Ice-T, Ice-Cube. It was either Ice-T or Snoop Dogg was in one of them, and I can't remember. I like them both. Okay. I enjoy them both. Ice-T yeah. and Snoop. I was just watching uh, the Chappelle show, and Ice-T was uh, a guest on one of them. The player hate his ball. Oh, uh, yeah. And Ice-T was the, uh, like the MC of that. And he was like, Welcome to the third annual international player hate his ball. <laughs> That's a good iced tea. That's a great iced tea. (laughs) Why one of you talks while I'm talking is getting shot. (laughs) I love iced tea. Lemonade, people. 
<laughs> lemonade. That's right. Lemonade. That was a great commercial. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, that. I, I like iced tea. A long time ago, on Run of the Roast that iced tea was on, somebody was like, I tried to want to listen to one iced tea's albums on the way here, but I didn't have no cassette player in my car. <laughs> I think Snoop Dogg actually said that yeah. about iced tea. The OG. Yeah, man. See, we were off on tangents here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling That's Podcast. We do. It's a good That's way to do, do it. But uh, let's talk a little wrestling. You know, uh, the show Mr. Jones got us talking about NXT TakeOver Chicago, which was a great show. We talked about the UK Championship. But let's talk about the main event of the night, which was DIY, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano fighting up one more time to regain the NXT Tag Team Championships against the Authors of Pain with Paul Ellering as their manager. This was a ladder match, a tag team ladder match, a fantastic match. I was wondering why it went last, because Bobby Roode and Hideo Itami was semi-main, and that was for the NXT Championship, which was a decent match as well. Bobby Roode's still the champion. But why was this? Now, if you're watching the show. Hideo Itami's not injured? Right now, no. Okay. Hideo Itami is still okay because right. he's yeah. been injured like the past year and a yeah, half. Yeah, no, I know. It's supposed to be like times. a joke, meaning like he, <laughs> he just had a match and got injured again. It was, but, yeah. uh, and that's kind of what, you know, Finn Balor syndrome when he came yeah. back up. And uh, Finn Balor's still okay, knock on wood. So, yeah, we're knocking. Come in. Hello. Uh, to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. But. I'm really just blown on myself that I screwed up that Miz. I'm sorry. I love the Miz. The Miz doesn't yeah, get enough. There credit. can only be one Miz, man. That's why you screwed it. That's right. Yeah, I can't do it. it. Yeah, Miz um, has been killing it too. He yeah. has been killing it, and he's awesome. He's going to get a championship run here sometime soon. No, no problem. You just said he's awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't even mean to say he <laughs> is awesome. Awesome. That's right. I did not even mean. See, that's what happens. But let's go back to talk about Takeover. So, if you guys were watching the NXT show, which you didn't, but if you were watching the show. And the heavyweight championship was on, and you still had a match to come, and it was a ladder match, and it was for the tag team titles. What would you think? Would you think there would be some big spot in the ladder match, or just because it's a ladder match, or they're pushing the tag team division? Why would you think they would put that main event big ugly? Um, I think that they might put that main event just because the Authors of Pain, and mind you, I haven't been watching NXT as much, but just from like the news I hear, like Authors of Pain and DIY pretty big right now. Yes. Um, in NXT. Hideo Itami is returning, therefore you don't really know the kind of crowd reception you're going to get for a rude and a Tommy, uh, Hideo Tommy match. Sure. So I feel like to save face and make sure that, like, okay, we have a great main event, let's just put them semi, you know, main, and then put main event where we know these two tag teams are super over, the crowd is going to be into it. So I think it was more of a business decision more than it was like, a, oh, we're going to see some great, like, spots because it's a ladder match. It's just okay. more of, you know, what, what's the fans going to be into by the end of the show? Absolutely. And very creative uses of the ladders, by the way, I will say. All different sizes of ladders. Now, Keith B. Crab, being a wrestling fan, you know, pretty much your whole life. If you're watching this show, um, what do you think when you see Hideo Itami and Bobby Roode going semi-main? You're like, wait a minute, there's still a ladder match. What are you thinking? I think that you're worried a ladder match is just going to get the crowd gassed. You're going to come in with this huge, high-energy tag team match, and then... Um, so if you put it right before the the championship match, the heavyweight championship match, then the crowd has already used up all their excitement. So then your other option would be to put it down further on the card and then put something in there to kind of buffer it. True. At this point, it's kind of gone too far. Now you're mid-carding it. Right, right. And, uh, and you, you really want to kind of pump it up more, especially when these two tag teams are so hot. So it's either lead off with it because it's so hot 
or end with it because if you put it in the middle you'll either gas the crowd or you're not sure the reaction big ugly like same thing Mm -hmm. so these are the things i'm thinking as well as i'm watching it but then it kind of went through my mind that something else could happen at the end of the match because wwe loves to throw Mm curveballs which they did so this match happened fantastic match um DIY lost, Authors of Pain won, and then they kept everything going. They, they were saying goodbye. They put the little logo in the bottom of the corner, and they actually followed Gargana and Champa all the way up. Now, the way they followed them with the camera and the way they were doing it with the commentary, it's like they, were, they had lost. So when a big name loses on a big takeover, normally that means they're going up to the main roster. Like, you're not going to see him again on NXT. So there, there was a lot of call, thank you, DIY chants going on. Like, that was the impression that I was feeling. As they were following with the camera up the ramp, I'm like, uh-oh, I feel what's going to happen here. I said, somebody's going to turn heel. And I love to think that, but then, of course, every time I think that, it never happens. Like, you know, they were trying to turn Sasha Banks heel for the last six months. they never done it. Um, Asuka's face, heel, you never know. But... As they were going off the air, off the air, mind you, Tommaso Ciampa just destroyed Johnny Gargano. And I mean destroyed him. Like threw him into the set, threw him off of the set, threw him through tables, destroyed him. So we've got a one-on-one feud here happening. Two big tag te- a big tag team, now two big individual stars that can fight for individual championships and give other tag teams a spot to come in. How do you guys feel about that? That sounds like a huge move. It reminds me of... Uh, the way they brought in KO, uh, Kevin Owens, uh, sure. what's that, two years ago? Right. Um, and just that same, the logo's already down in the corner, and that really, psychologically, you were just, the, the show's over. Right. So then to get that final surprise, it's like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I think that's uh, a great move, and uh, I was listening to uh, Melter talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of the feeling there is that it's really, it, 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 it's tough to get a tag team over from NXT. True. And it just, it seems like every time they try to do it, I was really surprised American Alpha didn't uh, get the reception I thought they would when they went up to, yeah. the, to the, the roster. And and unfortunately, they're kind of uh, just kind of in the, you know, you, they're in a limbo right now. Absolutely. Unfortunately. I thought they were going to come up and they were going to be the big thing. I was so surprised the lukewarm response they got at SmackDown. Yeah, very lukewarm response. The Ascension was another tag team, just huge oh, in NXT. Big, yeah. big come time. Up, and, and it's like, I don't know how much I don't know how much main roster WWE had to do with that, like butchering their their like whole persona. But either way, just they, they turned know. them into a gimmick where they yeah. were trying to put down demolition and L- and LOD, all these yeah. classic oh, tag teams. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was so ridiculous. You can't do that, yeah. man. That, but they have so much talent. But what about um, what was it, Dash and uh, Dash and Dawson? Dawson, where are they? Well, they came up with a huge pop, you know, the night after WrestleMania or whatever it is, and they've kind of been laying in the weeds too. Now, I'm hoping that when the because the tag team's kind of wrapped around the Hardys right now, mm-hmm. the Hardys return. Hopefully, after this Sheamus and Cesaro Hardys feud is is done, they'll bring up all their teams like Dash and Dawson or even American Alpha, switch them up with the Shake Up or something, anything to revitalize the tag team division on both shows. I would love to see it. Yeah, and I saw online there was a picture of I think it was Dash and Dawson mm-hmm. at Raw last week. Okay. Yeah, it was because it was when um, there was a Sasha Banks promo mm-hmm. in the backstage, and they actually saw Dash and okay. Dawson back there. So now, maybe they're the, getting ready. The one team that came up that has found just enormous success is obviously Enzo and Cash. Absolutely. So 
But one one of the things that stands out about them compared to all the other wrestlers tag team is that they have a lot of character. Sure. Mm-hmm. And when you think about NXT, all of those other tag teams, even like Dash and Dawson, right? Like they were just known for their in ring ability, right? Right. Um, same thing with American Alpha. You know, um, the Ascension they kind of had a character, but you know, they, they're just a little case off to themselves, <laughs> right? But so my, my, maybe the problem is is that the tag teams that are coming up. We're just known in NXT for putting on great matches, sure. but you need some character Absolutely. with that when you come to this main roster, and that's what some of these tag teams are lacking. It could potentially be it. I agree. I mean, you need something to relate to. You need something yeah. to latch on to, especially on the main roster with that big, big market of people that are watching you either on Monday or Tuesday nights. Um, the in-ring content is good, but that's not going to get the whole thing done. Right, and actually, you know... Um, as much as I hate to agree with this guy, Vince Russo, but <laughs> but Russo has said that you know WWE kind of is falling into this like niche market where a lot of the focus, especially like NXT, is all about like in ring performance, right? And almost like the entertainment or like having people that can bring that entertainment value, like an Enzo Amore and stuff. You know, they're just kind of you know falling by the wayside. It's like not a big concern anymore. He's like, you gotta have that. To appeal to those mass audiences, absolutely. Um, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin wouldn't have went to heights that he did if he was just a great in-ring worker, right? You because know? he was a great in-ring worker for a lot of years, right. exactly. and he never got over. Exactly. Um, the Rock, same thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, Chris Jericho. You know, you could say it about all the top guys, even Triple H, right? So it's like you gotta have that entertaining character, and you know. A lot of these, going back to tag teams, a lot of them don't have it. Right. And it's great that you have the great in-ring talent and you have that psychology and eventually you can put on those great, fantastic matches. But you're going to have to translate it into the main roster and find some kind of character. They got 26 writers up there. You know, oh, my God. And that's something very similar. You know, somebody got to have some kind of idea. Be like, all right, look. You know, let's have American Alpha. Let's just have them really play off like Kurt Angle did cheesy back in the early, late 90s, early 2000. You know, I'm a little Olympic gold medal winner. I'm I'm the best wrestler ever. You know, have them put themselves over like that. You know, why not have the uh, um, the Ascension put themselves over, not as Demolition or the Legion of Doom, but as that team that will come in and to destroy you because they have the size and they have the look. They, they're very marketable. You know, Dash and Dawson, have one of them just talk and the other one not talk you know some kind of gimmick to where one of them's saying everything and the other one's not but they, whenever they do open their mouth it's going to be legendary anything i could write right <laughs> you know what i'm saying and the prime example of what we're talking about is the cruiserweight division 205 oh jeez, right? oh, so talented uh, great great in-ring work that's right nobody's entertaining nope except for neville i think neville's doing a good neville job and aries and Ari- uh, austin, austin aries. aries yes but you can only have them fight each other so long right exactly so but the point is that like nobody else has a character that is entertaining but all of them can perform well and it's dead yeah you know it's, it's dead in the water right now so you like 205 Live, Keith? No. No? No. I, I, I haven't given really a chance. Okay. So, uh, but, like you said, I, nobody has brought me into it. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't gotten invested enough to, to go out and seek out any more product. When 205 Live came in, I'm already watching so much WWE. I, I didn't, they didn't 
sell me on it. They just kind of assumed, hey, here's more. Right. And, and have at it. And they put it and, in Raw because Raw's three hours, so you need that extra segment or two to get in there to push it. Yeah. So, but, but when they come out there, I'm, I'm barely even watching it because who, who, what are these guys? What are they doing? Perkins is a video game guy, but he's also this guy's la- He's also the lackey, what Neville's lackey or whatever. Something like that. So it's, it's just... I don't get that gimmick. What, you're a video game guy, but you're also working for this guy. I, I don't see how that fits, and it just have a thing. And it, it just makes me think of one guy I love in EWA is Blood, because there you go. He walks out the, yeah, the he walks out the curtain. I know exactly what this guy is about. I don't need a promo. I don't need a vignette. I'm like, all right, this guy has a giant fork. His tongue's hanging out of his <laughs> mouth. He's got furry pants. He's dangerous, and he doesn't care about anybody. And and he played and that that's that's who blood is so mm-hmm. I can get that so when I'm watching a product and and again like you're saying good in ring work is great right but if I don't care that why you're fighting then it's really tough to get invested. I agree a hundred percent and there's a lot of that and of course you have to appeal to every section of the audience and you have different parts of a show where you have to build them up and let them come back down build them up let them come back down so and there's so much talent in the WWE there's not enough room for all of them but. It seems like there is because there's every kind of show, yeah. but you got to have something, you know, and that, and that's good. And that's why I do like going back to this uh, Tommaso Ciampa turning heel on Johnny Gargano. I like that because they were both in-ring fantastic workers, tag team, but they, neither one of them really had a character. Tommaso Ciampa back in Ring of Honor used to have this Sicilian psychopath ter- character. It was great. Every time I turned on the TV, I could not wait for him to wrestle because he had a psychopath gimmick, and you never knew what he was going to do or why he was going to do it, but you wanted to see it. So that's what I hope to see out of that. that and the, you know, Speaking of developing characters, you want to talk about great in-ring performers, two characters, Backlash, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, which was a fantastic match for the United States Championship. Kevin Owens won, and I don't know if you guys heard about the ending of this match. It was actually ended in a countout because um, as Kevin Owens was beating up AJ Styles, he threw him onto the table, into the announce table, and he got his leg foot caught, and he couldn't get out of the wires. I'm like... You know, that's pretty interesting, and that got a lot of heat on Owens, and it fueled the feud more, and these two competitors have faced each other in so many different places. Now they're doing it on a main stage in WWE and still making it interesting. I really liked that. I really did enjoy that. Even though the big story at the end of Backlash was Jinder Mahal. We'll get to that in a minute. But the Maharaja, the Maharaja, it's a good one. But I mean, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, I would watch this match again. How about you? Yeah, that was a really good match. How about you, Big O? Oh, yeah, definitely. I watch anything, I watch AJ Styles wrestle his shadow. Okay, okay, he's great. That would be good. He's phenomenal, yeah, actually. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> he That's says what it. They say. And now he's a face, but he's not really changing his character much. He's he's kind of putting over the hometown or wherever he is, but he's still that guy who thinks he is better than everybody else, but he's legitimately better than everybody else. Yeah. And it's like all the fans know it, so they don't care that he thinks he's better. Right. They like just validate him like, yes, you are. Like, yeah, and they, they're validating it, yeah. and they're getting behind him. So I do like that. Um, so yeah, Backlash was a decent show overall. Kevin Owens and AJ Styles was very good. Looking forward to more from them. But now, the sleeper main event. You have no idea why this is happening or where this is going. Randy Orton defending the WWE Championship against Jinder Mahal, who is the more recent number one contender. Going in 
into this match, before you guys found out the outcome, how did you feel? Were you excited that this match was happening? Were you interested? Did it pique your interest, Keith? Yes, I was excited. It's something different. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, that bring give me something that I don't see all the time, and, and especially with Orton uh, being champion. I mean, I've seen that so much. 14 I mean, what, times, fourteen times. Yeah, it's like everyone's going to break the record, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. going to break right, right. the yeah. record. The uh, record is never safe. Yeah, it's it's gone. Well, yeah. I mean, John Cena's closed. Triple H is closed. Randy Orton's closed. John Cena won, Cena, didn't he? No, Cena tied it. He tied 16, it. He, tied he didn't it. beat it though. So and yeah, did. and they didn't even care. Like they didn't nobody even cared because <laughs> they they're like, well, he's going to give this up in a month anyway. Yeah. So. So no. what they're saying, the fifth, he's, he's now the fifth champion of 2017? Oh, my God. It's one of those years. It's just yeah. flipping in a hot potato. The championships don't have that much value. Now, Big Ugly, we talked about Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, how that has been sort of a, we're done with it, let's move on. Bray Wyatt needs to go on to bigger and better things. He needs a bigger group behind him. He needs to get a push. Bray Wyatt is in the five-way Extreme Rules number one contendership match. We'll get to that. But Randy Orton, are you excited to see something different for Randy Orton? I am excited to see something different for Randy Orton. I was excited. I thought that the Bray Wyatt when he went to Wyatt family was different. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know what they're going to do with him now that he doesn't have the belt. Um, I was excited about this matchup a little bit with Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. But the problem is I'm not fully convinced of Jinder Mahal yet and his ability to actually be a good champion or a headliner. Mm -hmm. um, for the WWE and to be that heel, I don't know if it's the storyline. Like I, I, to me, the whole, the whole gimmick of I'm a foreigner and you know I hate America and like to me it's just it's just old now for me. It's been done. It's been done mm -hmm. many times. You know, we just watched Rusev go through that. You know, his, that was like his big run. Mm -hmm. You know, and now we're watching with Jinder Mahal with India, and it's like, man, well, we don't have that much beef with India. Like, you good. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so. the thing. It was usually something like it was the USA versus Canada, which has always been feuds with sports and everything like that. Or it's been the USA versus Iraq when they were capitalizing on the war back in, you know, 1990-whatever it was. Yeah. Um, 91, 92. But this is like, yeah, we got no beef with India. But it's not about that. It's not like USA versus India. I never really saw it as that. But your point, Big Ugly, can Jinder Mahal be that guy? And nobody thought that he could be. He's never been a main eventer before in WWE, ever. He main evented the very first NXT Championship match with Seth Rollins, but that's when NXT was really under the radar. You didn't, what, we didn't even have the network yet. So my opinion is this is a guy that came out of literally nowhere. This guy was... A worker for several years on the developmental and enhancement talent. He, you know, he had a drinking problem. He had a lot of issues. He got himself overly jacked, which was a problem several years ago because of the steroid problem. But now he's overly jacked, and he came back on TV and he started having these moments, like he had this WrestleMania moment with Rob Gronkowski and, and uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. He was randomly on a pay-per-view wrestling the big show or whatever it was, I don't know, if, a couple of pay-per-views ago. It was a 15-minute segment. Like, why the hell is Jinder Mahal in a 15-minute segment? We haven't seen him in that forever. Now, I get where they were trying to build, but can he do it? Obviously, we've said this earlier, he won the WWE mm -hmm. Championship. He is now the champion. They had a huge celebration for him on SmackDown. The whole arena decked out, the whole fireworks, the whole ticker tape parade, all the Indian dancers, everything like that. 
So now he's the champion. What can he do with it? Right. That's the thing. What can he do? I think they did good. They put heaters behind him. The uh, the Singh brothers. The Bollywood boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they put some heaters. They take behind a beating him. very well. Let's say yeah. that they they did. Oh, so, man, Orton just chucked him. Yeah. And did you see the look he gave? To yeah. the yes, it's a, it's a meme or a <laughs> yeah, meme or yeah, whatever you call yeah. it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. and, and sorry about your bad. Like, well, yeah, sorry about your bad luck there, buddy. <laughs> and he, man, Jeez. what a and that nobody will ever forget that spot. Yeah, but, I, I personally think that Jinder Mahal needed more time to develop into that main event spot. Um, you know, I, I think about somebody like him. Getting pushed from just like being pretty much a jobber all the way here, just in like a matter of months, and I'm like, why isn't the Miz in a championship picture? Mm-hmm. You know, compared to somebody like a Jinder Mahal, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where I know Miz can handle it at that level, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so I don't. Well, even so, with the Miz, when he was in that championship level back in WrestleMania 27 or leading up to that or whatever it was, you know, was he ready? And he kind of forced him on us, and he did a good job there, and he's doing a better job now than he's been ever, and he's just phenomenal. And that, Well, he's awesome. But uh, I, I think, and we were talking about this offline, that WWE is trying to spread out to those markets, and we talked about them, you know, spreading out to India. So they got this new, uh, they had to send a performance center down there for a couple days, and they did a big Dubai tryout. So there's a lot of interest now in that side of the world. 1.3 billion people, I think, in that country. That's a big market, Keith. Um, you said it earlier. And I think be making him the champion, making him the focal point for however long they decide to do it, is just going to beef that up and get the interest over there, get the network over there, get the people wanting to be in a performance center over there. And then once that kind of dies off, and if gender doesn't pick up with merchandise or pick up with whatever the case may be for ratings, then they'll put it, hopefully not back on Orton, but on somebody else. Because uh, that's, that's what the champion is your flag bearer. That is the person you go to first. No, no matter how important the championship is or how it's getting pushed, that's who you go to first. So I think it's a business move more than anything else. Can he hold the title, Big Ugly? I don't know. Can he deal with the title? I don't know. He's got a rematch against Randy Orton coming up at Money in the Bank. Um, will he dump it right back? Hopefully not. But didn't they do the same thing with the Great Khali, like trying to appeal to the Indian audience by putting uh, like all the shine on like a big Indian they did. star? And he was the um, champion. Yeah. A couple times. Right. And... I mean, we saw how it worked out for... Problem with Greg Khali, he's one-dimensional. Like DeAndre the Giant. You know, he's larger than life, but he he only's got three or four moves. You know, there's a... So stiff. It's very stiff. Not stiff like in punch stiff, but just like can't barely walk No, right. Can't barely walk. You know, Greg Khali. And same thing with Andre the Giant. He can't really get around. So Jinder Mahal can talk. He can move. He can wrestle. He's got the basic moves set down. And he's a little stiff himself from what I understand. Um, But he... He's got that now. He's a little bit younger. He's better built. So can that go over there? And then a little younger or older? He's gender. Gender. Gender's oh, younger you're saying than he's younger than, younger than Kali. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I, I thought mean. you were trying to say like he got a little younger, yeah. and I'm like, no, all right, that's cool. not the gimmick. Somebody can't yeah. lose age. I would all love right. to learn that gimmick. The old Benjamin Button gimmick. Benjamin yeah. Button mm-hmm. gimmick. That's right. I would yeah. love to yeah. see that. Uh, but I, the look is great. I love his new look. Isn't like, it he, though? He he has a championship. Look like mm-hmm. a champion. Look, definitely. Well, I think one thing really working for him too is that he's doing this as a heel. So yeah. the more, even if we hate it, that's what they want. So it really works out. So I feel like they get the smark in that way, and that 
that we 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 know that he doesn't seem ready for it. Yeah, and they know that we don't like that. So what are we gonna do? Boo about it? And the thing is, it's got people like us talking about it on podcasts like this. And then when you watch SmackDown, you want to see what Jinder's gonna do. Yeah, you want to see who his next opponent's gonna be, or after Randy Orton, or you want to see can he hold on to the title. So. It is a smart business move all around. How long will it last? I do not know. I do feel a little weird because, like we were saying, it's it's an obvious ploy to break into this giant market. Mm-hmm. I guess it just feels like, in a way, it's it's sort of uh, watching the sausage get made. You know, it's just like it kind of makes me nervous for the future of mm-hmm. WWE. Is like because there's more markets. You know, maybe they want to break into China. So does that mean then Which we have, they've been doing too? Yeah. yeah. So so they're gonna put in a champion for every region they try to get into. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my like. Where does this lead? I guess the the slope, uh, the slippery slope kind of yeah. concern there yeah, is that yeah. every time we want to pick up a demographic or or maybe we want uh, you know because everything's so much data these days, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's say that we're trying to get more women eighteen to twenty five. So are we gonna get some? You know, we're gonna put the title on Tyler Breeze because mm-hmm. women like Tyler Breeze. Right. 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 Let's talk about, and you just went over that. Let me talk about Tyler Breeze for a minute and Fandango. Let's talk about the fashion files. Let's talk about Breezango. That actually was my favorite match. No kidding. And I still have not gone back and watched that match. I heard it. You have got to because. That match was extremely entertaining. Tyler Breeze put on so many costumes and did mm-hmm. so many gimmicks. And the by the actually Chicago's a tough crowd to begin with. Yeah. Normally they're chanting for CM Punk all night long. I didn't hear one, maybe one or two CM Punk chants, but you got to hold Chicago's attention very very tightly or you're going to lose it. That crowd had to you know T- Breezango had to place Jack like they were going to win the titles against the Usos. The Usos in in this big you know, huge overmatch, and they had a rematch on SmackDown. But man, that place was hot, and people want Breezango because they have the in-ring talent. Both of them do, but they were both kind of falling in the lurch. Like their gimmicks aren't getting over. Fandango got over for a little while on the main roster with his theme music. Breeze uh, got over on T. Um, I'm sorry, NXT for quite a long time with his, uh, you know, supermodel gimmick. Now you put them both together, and it's funny. It's yeah, got it really that is. entertainment. It's funny, it's entertaining, and they both know what the hell they're doing. Once again, another tag team that's got entertaining characters. Absolutely. And they can work individually or together, and I think it can work. So that was the most entertaining match on the card, in my opinion. So, But anyway, I didn't mean to cut anybody off. We run off on tangents. That's what no, we're yeah, that's, that's, what, what, we're doing. that's what we do. That's but Jinder Mahal, it's interesting to see, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him more on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling so Podcast I wonder as who, we go along. If you guys could book it, who do you think is next in line for Mahal after Orton? Because I, I think wow. they're going to get through this Orton feud with Mahal, and he'll still be champion. Mm-hmm. And who do you guys think would match up next from SmackDown for him? It's got to be SmackDown, and it's got to be a face. Yeah. So if AJ doesn't that, win the U.S. title, that was my that was my pick. AJ Styles. Yeah. What do you think, Keith? That was the first name that popped into yeah. my mind. AJ Styles. I'd like to see AJ and Jinder. Yeah. Number one, AJ can have a great match with anybody. That's right. And number two, as soon as you put AJ in a feud with somebody, you got the fans' attention. That's right. So man. yeah. Or that, or they just feed him Sami Zayn. <laughs> <laughs> Sami's trying to get a push. Everywhere he goes. Yeah, he's been trying to get a push. And Raw to smack. Yeah, he's been pushed. He's going to be pushed over to 205 Live in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I love Sami Zayn. Hard worker, but nobody, he can't. <laughs> you feel me? I'm sorry. That made me pass. <laughs> but you feel me, though? He's, he really can't get over it. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but that's unfortunately Sami Zayn that, you know, never say die mentality. It works for a little while, but man, he just gets lost in the mid card. Yeah, if you're the underdog, I mean, how are you going to get anywhere? If your whole gimmick is being the underdog, yeah. then yeah. by definition, you're not going to win a lot. So, what about Shinsuke? I don't think they're ready to push Shinsuke up that ladder just yet, though. I think they're going to try and milk him in that kind of mid or upper mid card for a little bit. Well, Shinsuke is going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. He's got he's one of six competitors. Shinsuke fought Dolph. Honestly, the match was not the best match I've ever had seen either one of them have. It was a decent match. It led off the show at Backlash. Mm-hmm. It did what it was supposed to do, but. Shinsuke's got a lot more in him than what the main roster has shown right now. But, of course, on the main roster, you can't show all your cards in one shot. you yeah. got to keep something. Uh, again, it was a, it was a kickoff match. It wasn't, I'm not on the kickoff, but just the first match on the show, which has got to hype you up. The entrance has everybody hyped up. Everybody's singing his theme music. He's a great competitor. Both of them are. And even Dolph Ziggler's been in the company for, like, 10 years. And he's every time he gets a push, it doesn't really go anywhere. So... I like Shinsuke, though. I really do. I think he's got a lot coming to him in the future with WWE, and I think he's on the right show, SmackDown. Yeah. I think he's on the right show. And the New Day is about to debut on SmackDown as well. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. That'll be exciting. New Day came on Talking Smack after SmackDown was over this past week. And oh, they, they did? I they were wondering singing. when they're going to debut. Yeah. I think it's going to be within a week or two. They're going to debut. Okay. Oh, I think nice. it's good that they've been off TV a while because it keeps them fresh. Yeah, because they were getting know, stale there for a minute. They really were. And I don't they know really if we get were. the fashion files if they're not taking a break. If New Day's there, they probably have that TV time with New Day spots and some oh, fashion files. Absolutely. Right. But we were talking about that in an earlier podcast earlier this year. Like, the New Day's kind of getting stale. They're hosting WrestleMania. That's great, but there's really not a spot for them right now. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. so this is good. It's good for the New Day. Yeah. I think they'll come back, and they, they can, you know, come back as a tag team or fight individually. I think they all mm-hmm. got right. that kind of stuff. But I don't think WWE is ready to break them up because all the no. merchandise they sell. Uh-uh. So they needed some time off. Give fans a break from, you know, their comedy and all of that. And right. now everybody's like, had a chance to miss them. So. Right. And, and, you know, whatever it was that died down with uh, the um, the video files of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Page. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Paige and, uh, yeah, Brad. Xavier Woods. Uh, sorry, Xavier Woods. Yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad Maddox. Brad Ma- Oh, man. Brad Maddox, unbelievable. That guy never could get over, so I guess he went under. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. I'm sorry. But um, let's jump in a little bit. Uh, how are we doing on time, Big Ugly? How's uh, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast yeah, listeners? we're doing good. Are they still got, there with us? Yeah, we got, we're still good. All right. Let's jump into a little bit of Extreme Rules. I know we're going to get Jam and Jason back on the podcast, talk about uh, some results coming up in the near future. But we got Extreme Rules coming up in Baltimore, Maryland. Big Ugly, you know this. Dirty Ugly Wrestling is yeah, going to be in the house. we're going to be in there, man. We're going to do some Facebook Live. Maybe we're going to take a few interviews, maybe put up some sound bites for some people. Because uh, a lot of that EWA alumni is going to be there. Very cool. That's going to be very so cool. So the front row will be there. The front row will be <laughs> Be there, and it will be too sweet. That's the new stable name. And that's right, row. the front row. That's yeah. gonna be good. Uh, and I hope they all listen to this podcast, which they all do. The front row. They can be. They can use that anywhere they go. They're the front row. So we got a lot of things happening in Extreme Rules. We do have Neville and Austin Aries, which we touched upon earlier, uh, probably facing each other in what will be the last match of this feud. Maybe, maybe not. It's a submission match. For the Cruiserweight Championship. So, I, I like a good submission match. They used to have them back in the day in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, you know, we had Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart in a submission match at WrestleMania 13. I think Benoit and Angle did one, did they? They sure did. Yeah. Benoit and Angle. We can talk about Chris Benoit on this podcast. Yeah. He's yeah. not, he's not banned, he's he's not not banned, banned from, from the DUW podcast. <laughs> 
So we've got that. We also have uh, what is now a steel cage match uh, for the WWE Tag Team Championships, the Raw Championships. That's the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, uh, taking on Cesaro and Sheamus. Now, normally when you think Hardy is extreme, you think ladder, but they already were in a ladder match at WrestleMania, so they got to do something a little different here. I like the steel cage idea. We're going to jump back into that in just a minute if you guys have thoughts on that. Hold on. Quick question. Well, hold on. Aries and and, uh, Neville. Neville. Does Neville use a submission? Yes, he has used a submission in oh, the past. Oh, he's the Rings of Saturn he used, now. Yes, that's, okay. that's right, correct. Cool, he cool, has cool. used that. Because he turned on TJ Perkins, right? He certainly okay. did. All right, cool, cool. Um, so, of course, we, as I said, we've got that match, a submission match. we got a steel cage match for the tag titles. We have a kendo stick on a pole match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I don't know how I feel about this. You're shaking your head, Big Ugly. Um it's Alexa Bliss defending against Bailey. I like Alexa Bliss and Bailey. I like the feud. A kendo stick on a pole. It match. was just so weird when it happened, man. It was like you know, Raw. Alexa Bliss used the kendo stick right. on Bailey, and then next thing you know, like Bailey goes backstage to gripe about it to Angle, you know, to get a match, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll put a kendo stick on a pole." And it's just like, why? Like, why? <laughs> like, why do you? Do, why can't you just give them a match? Like, right? It has to be a kendo stick on a pole now because like, she used it once. Like, I'm so confused. I, I mean, they got to throw in gimmicks somewhere. I mean, I think they're both more capable for different type of matches. But you already got a steel cage match. You already got a submission match. Um, you know, and it's it's a little different. I, I don't know. I, I've seen things on a pole matches, and they're not the greatest matches Judy in the Bagwell. world. Judy on Bagwell a on a pole <laughs> match. Oh my god, I'll never forget that. But you know, it it could have potential. But it, there, of course, there should be no rules in this match. It should be no disqualification because if you get the kendo stick, you're allowed to use it. And it's still a pinfall or submission. So. So there's a kendo stick on a pole, but doesn't necessarily even need to come into it. It nope. doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's not, not like, like if you get the like stick, you, you win. That's what I was wondering. If you get the stick, you can use it, but if you drop the stick, somebody else can use it. So it's just so, there. Then what's stopping you from going outside and grabbing a steel chair? Well, the other thing is like... Or what's stopping what's you... What's stopping you from just going under the ring apron where they usually always <laughs> are, but yeah. now all of a sudden it's... Up on a There's pole. always weapons like, under the ring. It's like this. Always awesome. money in the banana stand. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It could be. It could be decent. Now here's a match that I'm not too too sure on yet. Dean Ambrose defending the Intercontinental Championship, which has been on the kickoff show at WrestleMania recently, uh, versus the Miz, which we were talking about. A lot of great props to the Miz. Talk about stale, man. Uh, yeah, Ambrose. Um, Dean Ambrose versus the Miz, and it is if Ambrose is disqualified, he loses the title. So this isn't really huh. extreme rules. This is a straight wrestling match. Yeah. So there's some story here. There's some gimmick here. This match has the potential to be good, but I don't know. This this could be just the the popcorn match. You know, or the bathroom match, could be. It could very could. well. Yeah, Dean. Dean, like you said, he's he's so so stale. It's one of those. Um, it's a shame too. It, it just seems like his gimmick seems like he doesn't care. So if you don't care, why do I care? Why do I care about you? What's my, yeah. It wasn't my job to care if you don't care. I, I don't. I I didn't quite get that. Yeah, I mean, I felt like when when he brought this gimmick out against Seth Rollins, like after the Shield mm-hmm. came out, I don't know. It was more like. It's more like a lunatic, but he cared. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he wanted to get back at Seth Rollins. So he was, like, pulling out all the stops to get to Seth Rollins. And then it just kind of evolved into exactly what you're saying. Like, just complete nonchalant character that's just, like, the complete lunatic with no actual focus on anything. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, for the fans, it's just like, well, 
I don't really care either because you know yeah. it, like, and you're just dancing around the comedy line he's like am yeah. I a comedy guy am yeah. I serious you never really know right. and he's like pouring popcorn on people yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, yeah it's tough to and then he's got explosive packs so people are getting gacked like in Nickelodeon yeah. for the Money in the Bank briefcase yeah uh, so it, it's just weird to to really take him seriously and then when they try to put him in the main event for a while um it just it felt a little he's the champ and it just didn't didn't really seem to carry well because again his thing is he doesn't care so if you don't care and you're the champ then doesn't seem like somebody who does care is going to come up and beat the hell out of you yeah so then now yeah I guess when I see him going up against the Miz um, just I, it just seems like the Miz would be do so much more for the, the Intercontinental Championship and hopefully he will I, I do hope the Miz wins this match because um, when I, Wimis had it it seemed relevant the, the absolutely relevant. and now Dean has it just seems like he carries it around like he doesn't care about it and he's yeah right Dean needs to be more uh, of the rowdy rowdy Piper character that was in the late 70s early 80s now he didn't care but he made it a point to make you care like you know to make you hate him I don't know maybe Dean Ambrose would be he's got some merchandise sales and he's better as a face right now but maybe it'd be better for he turned heel you know and give him a little something different to do I'm not sure I think that that might work out for him man I think that turning him heel might might work for that lunatic do a double double swap like turn a, the Miz like a, face like a Pillman yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah and uh, he was crazy and he was good uh, as right. a heel um, and it, I think this is another it leads into the uh, fatal five way match extreme rules match for the number one contendership for the WWE Universal Championship Seth Rollins flat stale I love Seth Rollins but ever since his match with uh, Triple H at Wrestlemania which was okay um you know, they built it up to be bigger than it was, and now Seth Rollins is kind of in that spot where, what do we do with him? He was a better heel. When he was heel, I was captivated watching him, listening to him as a face. It's just like, oh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Like, what the, you know, I don't care. Um, so it's Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, who's trying to get a lot of steam behind him. I can't wait for the demon to come out. I'm very excited that. Uh, Bray Wyatt's in that match, so who knows what's going to happen with him. Hopefully he'll get a little bit more steam. Samoa Joe, who's kind of lying in the weeds, too. Mm -hmm. And Roman Reigns, who is the big dog in the yard. His yard. Every single person in there, with the exception of Finn Balor, stale. Even Roman Reigns? All right. Roman isn't stale. He just... Don't talk about that, because he had a good thing going with Braun Strowman. And now Braun Strowman is hurt. God, that was so terrible. That for just that, that story was the hottest story on Raw. It was. That, that, story was that story was hot. So I can't say Roman stale. Yeah, it's not Roman. I don't think it's Roman, but I think everybody in that match is even Finn Balor is a little stale without the demon. I think all four of them. All right. So yeah, let's go are there. stale. I'll so take that, man. Take yeah, that. I'll Talk take about that. that. All right. So. Finn is stale, like you said, without the demon. There's nothing really interesting about him when he's not the demon character. Right, right. Samoa Joe, I, I just don't. I don't even get it. I don't even get his character right now. Like he just, like you say, he's just like in the wind. Like whatever. He was there to help out Triple H, right? And do his bidding, and that's what he was doing before WrestleMania. But like now, now who is he? Is he the Samoan submission machine? Is he a Samoan suplex machine? No, he's just Samoa Joe. He's just Samoa Joe. Is he still working with Triple H? Like we don't. Well, really, no. Seth Rollins has been stale since turn, essentially turning face. Turning face, right. Since um, being injured and turning face. And as soon as you split Bray Wyatt up from his Wyatt family, it just automatically turns him into stale. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that's where it is. And, I mean, you have Roman Reigns who isn't stale. But, you know, fans continue to boo him when they continue to push him as a face. Right. Which, 
I don't get why they continue to go down this route. Because it it is captivating. Um, the thing about this is Roman Reigns is you love to see the reaction. I think people love to hear the reaction and see the reaction. One of the things I love going to wrestling events now that Roman Reigns is at is I can't wait to feel how that reaction is going to be in the building. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I can't wait to be a part of that chorus of boos. I cannot wait for that. And I might add to it, I might not. But Roman Reigns is a hard worker. He's great in the ring. He's better on the mic now than he has ever, ever been, honestly. Uh, he slows down. He says... What he needs to say, and he gets out. He's done. Um, But can that match, putting all five people in an Extreme Rules match, which is kind of a free-for-all, can that elevate any of these guys, give them new storylines, new characters, new depth to them, and then have them break off and do different things? Can that happen? Keith, what do you think? I think that's great for just what you're saying, because you have all these people in a match. There's plenty of opportunity for people to... Screw each other over. Mm-hmm. Uh, plenty of feuds can come out of that, and yeah, I mean, whoever, you know, somebody probably goes somebody. So, so with it, is it a, an elimination or is it first pin? Uh, let's see. It just says fatal five way. So I'm gonna say that that's the first pin. First pinfall. Yep. Um. So yeah, you can really have an opportunity to screw somebody out of a win, and then that can create a feud. So I think there there are ways to. Uh, to get this to really elevate some people. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you're putting everybody in there and then just saying, hey, this is what our main event looks like. You know, um, And Samoa Joe gets a little more taste in the main event picture. Uh, Finn Balor's back there because he's kind of, you know, since he got injured, he kind of bounced around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think there is an opportunity to do that. But there's also an opportunity that it's just like a big cluster. And, uh, <laughs> and then just, yeah, Roman Reigns comes out and has to beat Brock Lesnar. Right. And what do you think, Big Ugly? Do you think that the same thing like Keith was saying, does this give an opportunity for some of these guys to stop being stale and have new depth to what they're doing? I think so. Um, and some of it's going to come, I think, if they do some character changes. Because there's, what, three faces and two heels in it? Right now. Right now. Um, so, you know, somebody's got to, I don't know, turn, do something <laughs> dastardly. I don't know. Well, it's but, extreme rules. Ain't yeah, it's happen? extreme rules. So I, I do think it's, a, it's an opportunity. Um, we'll see. I mean, if it executes, but yeah. And the, and the funny thing is, is that like we were just talking about, like these four guys, four out of five guys, we feel like are stale. Yeah. And the saddest thing is, these are the top guys. Of right. Raw. That's <laughs> so, what I was just right. thinking. So yeah. it's like you know, you got to do something here, you know, because if we're noticing, I'm pretty sure most people noticing. So. Something's got to happen. I don't know what. Is it because they're all stale? That's like, well, let's throw them all in the same pot and let's see what happens. You know, is the WWE just thinking, all right, somebody's got to stand out. Somebody's got to step up. Who's it going to be? Now, the question is, who wins this match? Who becomes the number one contender for Brock Lesnar and the Universal title? Do you think it's Roman Reigns? Or do you think they save that for something bigger down the road? What do you think, Big Ugly? I think that they save it for something bigger down the road. I think we're still kind of fresh off of, what was that, two years ago? Reigns and Reigns and Lesnar, and that's when Reigns was, you know, the unassumed main eventer, which, you know, it's like, why is he in the main event spot at WrestleMania? And that match actually turned out to be a fight that was fantastic. Yeah, really a match. What do you think? 
What do you think, Keith? Who's going to win? Um, I'm going with Finn Balor. I just think that, to me, is the most interesting story. You got your David Goliath. You got your little guy jumping around a big guy. Um, I think that's the most compelling story that I can see coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beast versus the Demon. I think that's a that's a great way to go. Does he bring out the Demon in Extreme Rules? Then, if he wins the match, does he not necessarily? Does he hint at the Demon? And I think that would be more depth to his character if he hints at it. And then brings it out full force, like something like Not Great Balls of Fire, damn that pay-per-view. Uh, like <laughs> SummerSlam is big. You know what I'm saying? The Beast versus the the the, the, the Demon. What do you, and I, I'm sorry, Big Ugly. You did say Roman Reigns not yet, but who do you think is going to win? Yeah, no. Um, now, that, now that he said, um, now that he said uh, Finn Balor. Yeah. I think that I, I could see that one. Um, you like that? I do like that. I think it's a good matchup. Um, it would either be that or Seth Rollins would be my guess. I don't want it to be Rollins, but... Yeah, Seth and Brock tried a match last year, and that's when, uh, at the end of the match, the lights went out and The Undertaker came back, and The Undertaker mm-hmm. and Brock went again last year or the year before that, something like yeah. that. But the match wasn't great. Um, Seth Rollins doing a run-in on Reigns and Lesnar at WrestleMania to cash in Money in the Bank. That was great. It's hard. I mean, if you think about it, what Lesnar matches recently were were great. I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of hard to have a good match with Lesnar. It just depends on the matchup. Here's what I want to see. I want to see Kurt Angle come back and take on Brock Lesnar eventually. Because they faced each other at WrestleMania a long time ago. And that match, they just matched up so well. They, they both like that stiff tight style um, angle still can go eventually maybe not re- maybe Wrestlemania or Royal Rumble something like that I want to see that but as far as this match goes I can't call it right now I don't want I don't think it's I think it's too soon for Reigns I think they got juice in other people but I would love to see Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar go at it they would have to build more character and more story for Joe though I don't know about Rollins I don't know about Wyatt eh, I want to see him do something different why it's a wild card in this whole thing? I don't. He's a wild card, and honestly, I. What do you do with Wyatt at this point? Um, this is the second go around for a solo Wyatt venture. Yeah. yeah. The first one didn't go so well at this all. This one's not going and well either. Hence the fact they put him back with the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying it again, and now there's like no chance of going back to the family because they're both on SmackDown, right? Yep. So. Wyatt's like just really out on his own. I I don't know what he's going to do. He needs to create a new Wyatt family with the most, you know, the people that you would not see ever going into Wyatt family. He needs to take these people that are... Hawkins. Get Hawkins. Uh, you know, I, I, I could see Bray Wyatt and maybe Seth Rollins as a way to turn him heel. Like, if they form some kind of union. And the Wyatt family, it's like you have the, uh, you know, the most unsuspecting people and they're following the Wyatts and following the the the, the butter no the butterflies the uh the buzzards, the buzzards yeah, yeah whatever it is fireflies the fireflies thank you I, I, that would be interesting to me because you would like oh when you turn on Raw who's going to join the Wyatt family next who's going to who's that person who's not really stepping up and doing something who wants to step up and do something different and do something else I like yeah. the Wyatt family idea I really do I do I love it and I think that his character only I think his character mostly just works in that. I mean, he's a cult leader. Like yeah. that's his gimmick. It, it's exactly. If he doesn't have a cult following him, then who is what's, he? Right? Who is he? What's the point? So you've got to start another wife. I mean, I don't think that's a bad idea. Is to get some fresh blood in there. Absolutely. You know, let Rowan and uh, Harper do their own thing. Absolutely. Smackdown. 
Um, and yeah, get some new blood, man. Do you it. Got, you got plenty of it on Raw. You really do. Yeah. There's a lot of people in Raw and a lot of people waiting in the wings to come up from NXT. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen at Extreme Rules in Baltimore uh, very, very soon. Uh, and shortly after that, and I know we're, go ahead. All right, one more thing. One more thing. Bring I just on. wanted to say this about one more Finn thing. Balor. Go for it. So, have you guys felt like Finn Balor has actually made a good differentiation, however you say that, between <laughs> himself and the demon? Like, when he does his promos, is he talking about the demon? Is he, you know, like, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I don't, I don't feel that he does, and I feel like it's like, okay, so we call it the demon character, but it's like mostly it's just Finn coming out in face paint mm-hmm. and him mm-hmm. crawling around. So I feel like he needs to turn it into a character. Yes. You know, and start using that as, hey, I become this when I'm, you know, pushed to this point. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe changing up his style when he's in the ring when he's the demon character, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just to get to it's like, oh man, he's gonna bring out the demon. You know what I'm saying? Other than just I'm gonna just wear some cool face paint, crawl around during my entrance, and right. then when I'm in the ring, it's just back to regular old Finn Balor with face paint. Right. Like every time he's in the ring, whether it's cutting a promo or in a match, he needs to hint at that demon character and he needs to make that character more solid. Like more substantial. And like, you know, if he's gonna like you know, stomp on your neck and choke you out with a foot or something, anything that shows that the demon is inside of him. That if he is pushed too far, like the Incredible Hawk, if he's pushed too far, you're gonna see the demon. You don't want to see the demon because you'll be in trouble. Right. That'd be really cool to see in a match where all of a sudden he, you, you can tell it's Finn Balor. Like his eyes go like Undertaker style, eyes go in the back of your head. Then all of a sudden he just like fights total crazy. It's like, oh there damn, he became the demon. <laughs> right. You know, it's like where did that come hey, from? Yeah, man. See that? Yeah. We booking this. We booking this. Mm-hmm. Right. Nailed we'll it. Book this. I w- <laughs> We're going to see it. It's going to happen. I see more of the demon come out. Then I believe that Finn Balor could be less stale and more main event. That's what I want to see. That's why I want to see Samoa's submission machine. I want to see him not be somebody's lackey. I want to see him come out and actually beat the crap out of people. That Samoa Joe can do. And that's a tough thing to back to Bray Wyatt is that he comes out there and he's like, I'm a god. I'm an eater of worlds and I don't win a whole lot. Right. It's like, well, for a god, you'd expect a god to win a lot more matches. You know, you'd expect a god to hold the title belt for a couple of months. At least. Yeah. Because right. God get puts over. You know, God's what <laughs> God over. Yeah. Um, but Extreme Rules is going to be interesting to watch, and we'll be breaking that down on future podcasts, I'm sure. So before we uh, jump out of here, uh, we're going to just touch on a couple more things. Money in the Bank, SmackDown only pay-per-view. That's something that I have a problem with. I think Money in the Bank oh, should Oh, Money be. in the Bank is SmackDown only. It's SmackDown mm-hmm. only. I think Did they should have a Raw that. and a SmackDown Money in the Bank match. It's just my opinion. Um, but, yeah, it's on SmackDown only. So we have Naomi defending her title against somebody, uh, the Women's Championship. We do have uh, Jinder Mahal defending the WWE Championship against Randy Orton in a rematch because it's a rematch clause. And we do have the Money in the Bank ladder match where the competitors were named. It's AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Kevin Owens. Um, all in the match, and the winner of that match becomes Mr. Money in the Bank. Any initial thoughts? That's going to be in the middle of June, Father's Day. Any initial thoughts on that? Keith Beecraft. Uh, my th- first thought on that is uh, Kevin Owens is just going to tear that up. It just seems like he's been on such a tear ever since he got up to the roster. I mean, they've really let him do everything he can do and, and has really proven himself on the mic, mm-hmm. uh, in the ring, and can really work the crowd really well. So I could see him, because he's, he's the longest reigning Universal Champion, want to give him an opportunity to get the WWE title. Mm-hmm. And, and then he's had 
pretty, and then he's a grand slammer at that point. That's right. Big ugly. Uh, to agree with Keith, I think that Kevin Owens is going to be great in that match format. Um, my pick for the win, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, man. Do you think he could get over the fact of carrying around that money in the bank briefcase and then possibly cashing it in, not possibly cashing it in, teasing it? You know, because that's a good gimmick for somebody who really knows how to use it. Do you think he could do that? Hmm. He... He might be able to. Because he's the lone wolf. He's, he is the lone wolf. I, and, I mean, that might work in his favor. You know, he just comes out, walks out slowly, you know, bringing out that briefcase, you know, um, and then walking back. So, I, I don't know. But I feel like I feel like the Money in the Bank briefcase um, always works better with the heel. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, Kevin Owens, I feel like, doesn't necessarily need it. Um, but I feel like Corbin would do well with that. I mean, the other option would be. I don't think they're going to get Ziggler's not going to win it. But he's been Mr. Money in the Bank before, and he's cashed it in the night after WrestleMania, and he's won. So I think if they did put it on him, he would be okay with it. But they would have to. There's just nothing. Nobody wants to see Ziggler pushed anymore. Unfortunately, he's yeah. a great worker in the ring. I love Dolph Ziggler, but it's just not yeah. interesting anymore. He, he went through that one period of time. Maybe was it last year or the year before that where. The fans were super behind him. I think he had said yeah. something online, and you know about not getting pushed. And he kind of got reprimanded for it, and so the fans were like, "Oh no!" Like we love Ziggler, so every time he came out, just huge pop. And but now it's like you said, like it's kind of fizzled out, and people are just like, eh, and yeah, whatever. Ziggler. And yeah. I mean, he loses a lot. You know, it's kind of like Bray Wyatt. You know, <laughs> he gets pumped around. It's like, all right, he he wrestles like Michaels, but. He doesn't win, like yeah. you know. What I'm saying? He's booked like Janetti. Yes, <laughs> wrestles like Michaels, but booked like Janetti. That is a T-shirt waiting to happen, right there. Yeah. Is that a rib? It's, it's a bit of a rib. It's, it's a bit of a rib. Uh, oh man! By the way, another yeah. another idea I just had out of the yes. looking at that lineup. Yes, we, I think it'd be fun because every time I believe they cash in the cash on the big belt. Uh, right. What if AJ Styles wins it? Cash in right there takes Owens US championship. I think that'd why be not? a really interesting angle. Does, why, not? why not? Nobody's ever cashed it in on anything other than oh, the no, world or heavyweight championship. Heavyweight championship, right. Yeah. And so, then you have you have a broken Owens laying down there, just gotten a nasty ladder match. Styles wins it, and I know they've had some beef, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom, new new US champion. The other thing is it's a money in the bank and a SmackDown only, but what if the winner can you cash it in on the Raw Championship? Why not? So mm-hmm. somebody whoever wins it shows up on a raw pay-per-view or whatever and cashes it in on a raw belt. Right. And they, you know, maybe they want to switch that person to a raw brand or, you know. That's possible. So it, there's all kinds of opportunities there for things to happen because, of course, WWE makes their plans long ahead of time and people get injured, things change. They got to change their plans midstream. So that is going to happen. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch in the middle of May. Uh, WWE has a pay-per-view like every two weeks now. So it's hard to keep up with sometimes. It's yeah, a lot yeah, of content. A lot. a lot of product. A lot of product mm-hmm. on the which, WWE which I, network. Which I think it would be great if um, they just differentiated each one. I feel like every single product they make it's just so similar. You know, it's just the same style NXT, uh, SmackDown. Brawl, they all pretty much have the same look, you know. And I guess ever since I've seen Lucha Underground, it's there, it opened my eyes. Like, there's a million ways we could be doing this. Mm-hmm. And seeing how they yeah. took the direction they took there, yeah. so cool, so much fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to differentiate these products just a little bit more where it's, you know, they, I think the brand split's great because SmackDown's not just raw light anymore. Mm, right. But yeah, if anything we can do to really differentiate. Right. Because there's just so, so much, pro- like now they're, the UK, there might be a UK division coming mm-hmm. out and uh, there's talks of a Mexico belt and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Yeah, they need to, to differentiate it. I like how they have done that in the past, different camera angles for SmackDown, uh, more in-ring content focus on NXT. But they, it's now when you're watching it, like if you watch the, you know, if it's NXT Saturday, pay-per-view Sunday, Raw Monday, and SmackDown Tuesday, and it's all from the same arena, which I get, that's fine. That's a great way to push it and market it. But and when you're watching every show and every set is the same, every camera angle is the same, you have different commentators, but you're kind of seeing the same thing in the ring, I get it. After four days, it's like, uh, let it be over. I want to see something different. I want to see a different set. You know, put some more. Um, I understand when you're traveling around with three different, three ring circuses, it's good to have things that people, you know, can do the same way on every show so they can work anywhere and do everything. I understand that. Um, but I need a different feel. I want to watch something different on Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I agree with I you. I agree. Man, we got a lot coming up in the world of pro wrestling. We got Midget Mania and more coming up, EWA, uh, July 7th. Tickets on sale right now, 443-858-2755. Check out EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook. And before we get out of here, Keith, why don't you tell them about Charm City one more time where we can find you, improvisational comedy and whatnot. Yeah, we have comedy shows every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Uh, Friday and Saturday, we have book shows at 8, uh, open mics at 10.30, and then Sunday, we have an open mic that starts at 6.30. Mm. These are all on the avenue in Hamden, 36th Street, 1023 36th Street, upstairs at Zissimo's Bar. Zissimo's. Yeah, we have a ton of, of funny stuff. We have so many different shows. Uh, we have stand-up. We have improv. Uh, championship arm wrestling is the first Saturday of every month. <laughs> Come and check that out. That's a ton of fun. Our next show is... Um, is yeah July July 1st mm-hmm. um, we're taking June off and we have a ton of fun and uh, there are opportunities to get involved if you've ever been interested in doing comedy we got those open mics and you come and talk we can get you into a to an improv uh, improv exchange uh, improv uh, training as well uh, we have a ton of fun that sounds what do you prefer stand up or improv I'm in, I'm more into improv okay uh, don't do uh, tried stand up a couple of times and I don't really have a great feel for it. Yeah. But uh, improv is a ton of fun. Uh, you get a troop together, you get up there, and and you have fun as a group. I feel like stand-up, there's sort of a, it's a, the, the, the comic kind of adversarial position against the audience. It's mm-hmm. like, I dare you to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Where improv, it just feels like everything's more on the same team. Right. You know, we're having this communal experience. Everything we're making up right here, we're making up depending on your input, so you've actually given us uh, inspiration for this set so you're involved you're on the ride with us right that's like pro wrestling man it's a big you know we, we can have a, a general idea of what we're going to do but you know it's, it's a lot of improv it's a lot of feel you know you get out there whether you're the ring announcer the commentator the referee the competitors you know however the fans react and whatever happens live on the spot you know could change the entire outlook of everything so I like it it's a, it's a big improv business but I think we're going to come down to Zissimo's and we'll have the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast represent Presented at Zissimo's yeah. sometime in the near future. And, uh, you know, speaking of arm wrestling, you ever see that movie Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone where he was the arm wrestling champion of the world? And he was, yeah, he was nailing it. And yeah. he was, man, that was over the top. You got to check that I out. I remember that. Ugly. No, yeah. it's not, yeah. You did? Oh, 
Oh, you actually saw something. Yeah. Unbelievable. Because <laughs> I know we talked about it. You know, you didn't know who Metallica was last time on the podcast. Yeah, no. I'm not, I mean, I know who Metallica was. <laughs> I just I just don't know their music. I was just like, I, I've never heard... Like a song or something like that they've had, so that's okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not busting you. You know, it's okay. But you know, over the top. Yeah. And I actually got I'm it a, over I'm there a, on the, I'm a the Stallone, Mansion Wall. A Stallone fan, so yeah. Hey man, over the top was it? Was a good movie. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Great soundtrack. You guys remember movie. Cobra? Cobra. Yeah, man. That yeah. was actually on not too long ago, but it was on regular TV, so it didn't have all the good stuff in it. Yeah, I mean that was super cheesy when you watch it, but. But that's the fun part about right, it, yeah. because it is super <laughs> yeah. cheesy. Yeah. Or don't, uh, you know, uh, what was the other one? Um, no, uh, stop, or my mom will shoot. Yeah, yeah. about <laughs> cheesy. But Sylvester Stallone in that movie was, was fun, you know, with the Golden Girls chick. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, we've had a great time here talking on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Of course, you can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Follow, like us, subscribe to everything, leave comments, let us know what you want to talk about, what you want to hear about. More guests on the show, invited or otherwise, um, let us know what's happening. And Keith, we've enjoyed having you here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Uh, please consider coming back again. Uh, I'd love to. Down the route. This is great. How do you like the mansion? It's, it's lovely. I got You got Giant Mario. I do. Uh, all of my favorite wrestling belts. Here. That's right. I'm a connoisseur of championship wrestling belts. Yep. I love the million dollar belt. Uh, you got to get the universal title. Well, uh, check over. I have uh, some of the titles now. I got the WWE Championship. And if you see over there, there's some small ones over on that oh, corner of okay, the yeah. mansion. So I have all different sizes of championships. The Universal Championships over uh, there. I do see it. I the see the Smackdown Universal. Smackdown Women's Championship. Okay. Because they basically took, and that's something I want to see too, different titles. All of the titles look exactly the same. They're just smaller sizes and different colors. Yeah. Uh, except for the tag belt, which looks like the big copper penny. Um, Silver but, penny now. It's now a silver penny, right. Yeah. It, and it's very interesting to uh, see. I want to see some different championships. NXT just changed all their belts. Um, WWE has sort of the same, you know, the Raw and Women's SmackDown Championship. The, uh, the Women's Championship is exactly the same. One's blue, one's red, you know. Uh, the Universal title is red. The other one's still black. They haven't changed that belt blue, and I'm kind of glad they haven't yeah. for SmackDown. That's a WWE Championship. That's hard to change that belt blue. Um, but even so, for branding purposes, they could, and they could sell the crap out of it on WWEshop.com. They'll probably do that when they switch the Universal over. They'll probably turn the Universal blue once it goes to SmackDown. Yeah. Ah, there you go. That's a good I idea. I think that's their move, yeah. I understand. But yeah, it's great to have you to Mansion Big Ugly. Always a pleasure. Always, man. You know, uh, we're going to come back, talk about more things. You got anything for the Dirty Ugly wrestlers before we peace out for the day? Oh, man. Um... Did you take a look at those photos? You know, we <laughs> talked about the photos at the end of the podcast. Uh, you know, we had some photos of Charlotte out there. Uh, yeah, there were some photos. There's some photos and videos out there, but we we are family-friendly P- sometimes. Yeah, don't be looking at those photos. So, <laughs> yeah, we're pre- pretty great. PG, that's what PG stands yeah. for. But, it, no, it's been a pleasure. And, I, and, again, check out EWA Pro Wrestling. Check out... All of your independent wrestling all around Baltimore, all around Maryland, all around the world. Support indie wrestling and support the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We appreciate it. So we are going to come back to you in just a couple of weeks with more guests, more topics, more pro wrestling talk. So for the Big Ugly, who is sitting right there, for Keith B. Craft, who is sitting right there, and for myself, Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D., a.k.a. Whatever else I'm known as, Vanilla the voice Mike, of Maryland. aka the Voice of Maryland. How do you not even know your own titles? There's man? too many of them, <laughs> man. 
guy. I don't know. I get called a lot of things. Some of the things I can't repeat on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast <laughs> because they're too dirty and too ugly. But thank you so much. We appreciate everybody. So we're going to do this as we always do. Do you know how we end our podcasts? Do you know what we say before we say it? Do you know the word? No. Oh, we're going to do it, and you're going to learn it, okay. and you're going to remember it, and you're going to say it when you go out later today. From the So... Thank you from the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Three, two, one, deuces. deuces. And that's the word. <laughs>